0: Matthew chapter 6, we'll start with verse 5. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites, are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Mm -hmm. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be ye not therefore like unto them, For your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. We'll stop right there. And I want to go back to part of the sixth verse. It said, uh, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret. And thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. If we had a text or a thought, it would be my secret place. I hope that we're doing more praying than what we do here during the church service. I hope that our prayer life is more than just twice on Sunday and once on Wednesday night. I hope that uh, we are doing our best to get to the Lord. And uh, I'm going to tell you, your church and your spiritual life is not something to play around with and take for granted. If Satan could, he'd love to shut us down. Or he'd love to set us down and let you sit right there on the pew the rest of your life and never feel a lick of spirit and never hear an ounce of gospel. He'd love for you to sit right where you're at right now and dry it up and shrivel and be twice dead and plucked up by the roots. So I hope that our prior life is something we're not taking for granted. And it's important because you never know what tomorrow holds, as I said just a second ago. And I hope that you've got somewhere, if it's on the job or at your house or out in the yard, or I've heard preachers talk about going out in the woods or going down to a stump or wherever your place is, I hope you've got a secret place where you meet with your God, and you talk to Him, and He talks to you. Now, friends, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's not prior unless you talk to God, and He talks to you. I can say a multitude of words, and I can be like the publicans, and they can all be eloquent, and be what my daddy used to call 50-cent words, and not be a prior amongst all of them. I've heard it said prior is a sincere desire of the heart. I have read where he said he was nigh to them that were of a broken heart. I've heard that his hand is not too shortened that it cannot save, nor his ear heavy that it cannot hear. And I hope that you've got a place that you talk to the Lord and he talks to you. And so we read in the Bible about several folks that found their secret place and talked to the Lord. We read about Abraham when he was in the plains of Mamre with Sarah and the three men came down and the two talked to him and told them the Lord's purpose, why he had sent them, that he was gonna send them down there to Sodom to destroy it. And the second the words came out of those men's mouths, I believe Abraham's heart skipped a beat. Because he had a nephew down there. He had family in Sodom yeah. that he loved. Preacher, how do you know he loved Because whenever Lot was in trouble and Lot was held captive, Abraham and 300 of his servants, I believe it was, went and rescued Lot. Went and fought for him and brought back Lot and all his family and all his possessions. Even though Lot had forsaken him and walked away, Abraham still loved him. I'm here to tell you that's the true test of a Christian. Now, (coughs) these men said, we've heard the cries of, of, of the men at Sodom and we're going down to destroy it. And as they left, Abraham went to his secret place. (coughs) He talked with the Lord. He said, Lord, it's not like you to destroy the righteous with the wicked. He began to pray on Lot's behalf. Can you imagine where you would be had some saint of God not prayed on your behalf? and some saint of God not went to their secret place and called out your name and said, God help my family. God help my loved one. God, would you rattle their heart? Would you show them the error of their ways? Would you help them to realize where they're at and where they need to be? Some saint of God, let me tell you something. You'd be on your way to hell. and some saint of God not went to their secret place and called out your name to the Lord. So Abraham called out Lot's name to the Lord. He said, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? He said, if there's 50 righteous in that city, would you spare them? Now, I believe God already knew how many righteous folks were there. Lot didn't. Abraham didn't. God did And God, now listen, here's a conversation taking place. We'll call it a prayer. Abraham said, Would you destroy the the 50, if there's 50 righteous in that city, would you destroy them? And God said, If there's 50, I won't destroy it. And Abraham said, well, what about 45? And he went on to 40. And and in every occasion, the Lord said, I won't destroy him. And down to 30, down to 20, down to 10. Now, let's take into account. You know Lot's story. You know how that there was strife between the herdsmen. You know he looked down on the plains of Sodom and it was well watered. Like at the beginning at the Garden of Eden, he saw an easy way out and he took it. Now we read where Lot had a wife, where he had two daughters that had never do a man, where he had sons-in-laws and daughter-in-laws. If you add that up, That's pretty close to 10, isn't it? And yet there weren't 10 righteous in all of Sodom. God knew how many was down there, but Abraham was making intercession on Lot's behalf to the Lord. Thanks be to God for the saints down through the years that have made intercession for sinners like you and I. Amen. Abraham went to his secret place and he made intercession. Did it make a difference? Sodom was destroyed, would not it? Yeah. But did you read what the angels said when they picked Lot and his wife and his two daughters up and set them outside the city? They said, you've got to get out of here. We can't do a thing until you're gone. Why? <laughs> Why? Because one saint of God went to his secret place. Amen. Let's go on. Have you ever been low? Have you ever been down? There was a fellow named Jacob that went to his secret place. The Bible says, I guess you could say it was an all-night prayer. The Bible said he wrestled all night long with an angel. Now the Bible says, the Lord said, prove me now, therewith, and, and try me and see if I won't pour you out a blessing that you're not able to contain. You know what Jacob prayed? You know what Jacob said? He said, I'll not let you go until you bless me. If you're low, if it's been a while, if you're going through a dry spell, hold on until the Lord sends a blessing. Jacob went to his secret place, and the Lord, you know what the blessing was? He said, "Your name shall no longer be Jacob, but I, you shall be called Israel." You know what Israel was? He was the father of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. That was his blessing. He hung on, he prayed on, talked with the Lord, and the Lord talked with him till he got his blessing, in his secret place. Let's go on. Some of you got down pretty sick here in the last year, didn't you? With this, with this virus and that stuff. I read where there was a fella that the man of God visited him, the prophet Isaiah, and he was told point blank, set your house in order for ye shall die and not live. And guess what Hezekiah did? He went to his secret place. You know where his secret place was? He turned his face to the wall. And he prayed. He must have been an humble man. Because he got through pretty quick didn't he? He prayed and before Isaiah could get into the outer court the Lord said wait a minute Isaiah go back in there and you tell him that I'm going to add 15 years to his life. You talk about what a prayer can do. You talk about a man that prayed Hezekiah must have because that wasn't the only blessing that Hezekiah got out of it. He thought he was going to die and the Lord gave him 15 more years. And more than that, he was in a city that was besieged by the Syrians and God gave the whole city deliverance because Hezekiah went to his secret place and he prayed. You want to go farther than that? Hezekiah told Isaiah, what shall be a sign that the Lord has heard my prayer and he said, Well, what would you rather that we turned the that we turned the, the sun forward or that we turned the sun back? And he said, to turn the sun back. You know, it's easy to take the hands on the clock and wind them. But I'm here to tell you today that Sheriff sung about turning back time. Hezekiah did that a long time ago. God a time 10 degrees for Hezekiah to show him that he had answered his prayer. All because Hezekiah was willing to turn his face to the wall and go to his secret place and pray. Pray in secret and he that seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. We read where there was a young man that had just been made king and he was worried. And he went to his secret place and he prayed. And the Lord thought so highly of him that he said, just ask whatever you want and I'll give it to you. He prayed. He could have asked for anything. He could have asked for wealth. He could have asked for health. He could have asked for fame. He could have asked for, for a long, long life. But instead, Solomon went to his secret place. And he prayed that the Lord would give him an understanding heart. You know what's missing in this cold world today? You know what's missing in this cruel world today? Where men have hatred one for another. Where no one has a kind word. Where there's no empathy. Where there's no caring. Where there's no love. Be indeed an understanding heart to look out toward one another and have judgment in such a way that we'd have mercy toward one another. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Solomon only asked for an understanding heart. I believe that's, that's a sign that he was in his secret place. Yeah. If he hadn't have been, he'd have wanted money. If he hadn't have been, he'd say, I want, I want, I want. Have you done that? I have. But Solomon went to his secret place and he said, Give me an understanding heart. You know why religion's got a bad name? You know why church has a bad name? Because Christians leave out that understanding heart. We've got a reputation for looking down our nose at people that are beneath us. Shame on us! But for the grace of God, that could be you and I. Amen. We could be homeless. We could be alcoholics. We could be drug, druggies. We could be uh, thieves. We could be murderers. But for the grace of God, for His mercy, so when we look on folks that don't have what we have, that aren't dressed like we are, that don't look like us, let's do our best to have an understanding heart. Solomon just asked for an understanding heart. And you know what? Now, here it is. Notice Solomon asks, Solomon talks, and the Lord talks. You can't fool God, and you can't fool yourself. How many times has Mike knelt down and went through a multitude of words and got back up and it didn't get above his head? Have you done that? Lord, I sure have. It's a conversation, folks. That's what prayer is. You know what the Bible says about prayer? We don't even know what we ought to ask for, except the Spirit give us utterance. We can go through a litany of things. We can go through our form and our fashion, but when you get down to that broken heart, and you begin to pray from that, you can really talk to God, and He can really talk to you. Well, preacher, I've never heard Him with these ears. He don't need those to talk to you anyway. He don't need your ears for you to hear Him. He talks to the heart. Because you've asked Solomon for an understanding heart, and didn't ask for all these other things, I'm going to give you the things you didn't ask for. I'm going to give you wealth such that there's no one like you. Remember when the queen of Sheba went down to see what Solomon had because she had heard about all he had? She said, why the hive has not yet been told. Oh! if I could just have an understanding heart you can look at my life I may not have a million dollars in the bank but I can dare tell you all the good things God has placed in my life Solomon built the temple God really really blessed Solomon because he just wanted to treat people right He just wanted to love people. That's what's missing in our day and age. You know where Solomon got that? When he went to his secret place and talked to the Lord. All right. You want to move on? Let's move on. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was getting time for Christ to be betrayed and to go to Calvary. And his disciples went with him for a little ways. And he said, "Tired here. He went a little farther. And the Bible said he prayed three times. He prayed until his sweat became as great drops of blood. Let me go back for just a minute. I, I glossed over something I need to cover. I love to pray at church. And I love to hear John, when he gets a hold of the Lord, pray. I love to hear Bobby when he gets a hold of the Lord pray. I love to hear Marty and Johnny and different ones whenever they're really in the spirit and they're praying. But you don't want to get to my secret place. I can't take Marty with me. To get to my secret place, Johnny can't go with me. John can't go with me. Bobby can't go with me. When I really get to my secret place, there's just two there. It's me and the Lord. So Jesus began to pray. He said, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not as I will. Now he was flesh, folks. Not as I will, but as thou wilt. Not everything the Lord asked me and you to do is going to be in our comfort zone." He may ask you to sing, and you might not have ever sung a song in church in your life. He may ask you to give your testimony, and you've never said a word in church. But I'm here to tell you today, if you'll step out on faith and do what God wants you to do, great will be the reward. We'd have quit before we got started if we'd have been in Christ's shoes. First time somebody spit on me, that'd have been it. First time somebody slapped me, that'd have been it. You're going to put nails in me? We just can't be uncomfortable at all, can we? And you think what Christ knew he was going to endure. And he prayed until his sweat became as great drops of blood. When's the last time you worked up a sweat praying? You know, it takes me quite a bit of motion. I I don't take hardly anything for me to sweat, but it takes quite a bit of motion for for me to break out in a good sweat. Think how hard. Our Savior was praying. Till he prayed till, number one, he broke a sweat. And number two, the sweat became, as it were, great drops of blood. And you know what the Lord did? You know what God did? He sent his son and let him go to Calvary. So that we could have life. Amen. Jesus went to his secret place. If the Lord did that, and I can read you on multiple occasions, that wasn't the only time Jesus prayed. If he prayed, and he was the Son of God, shouldn't we? If he prayed until his sweat became as great drops of blood, we're going to have to do more that God is great, God is good. Well, preacher, that's a child's prayer. Well, it's just as fine as some of those we mumble through every now and then, our form and our fashion. If we get down and humble ourselves and pray and beg God to help us, you're talking about a blessing, you're talking about this church growing spiritually and growing in number. It's about time that we find our secret place and we pray. All right, let's go one more. Can you go one more? They took Stephen out, and he preached from Moses right on through down to Jesus, and finally got to the point he saw they weren't going to accept it. He said, you stiff-necked and hard-hearted, how often have you persecuted the prophets? and they shut their ears. Now I want want you to listen to the imagery here. They ran upon him, and they gnashed him with their teeth, which means they bit him, not one, the crowd, surrounding him and biting him. And then they led him out of the city, and they threw stones at him. And while the stones were flying, While the stones were bruising Stephen and maybe breaking his bones and the pain that he was enduring, he said, Father, lay not this sin to their charge. He looked up into heaven and he said, Behold, I see the Son of Man standing. I believe amongst the crowds while the rocks were hurling, while men were being violent and angry towards Stephen. He found a secret place and he talked to the Lord and the Lord talked to him and the Lord received it. I believe he was able to go that way with a shout because God had heard and answered his prayer. Let me just say this then I'll close. Now you know in the crowd that day there was a a very religious person (laughs) named Saul. He was a leader, I guess you'd say, of the Pharisees and he had tortured and tormented the church and had letters in his pocket to arrest anybody that called on the name of Jesus. He was determined to stomp out this new religion, this this Jesus thing. Don't you think The preaching that Stephen did that day might have been the very message that pricked the heart of Saul. Might have been the beginning of his salvation. And if Stephen could have looked back and seen the conversion of Saul and seen what great things he did for the Lord, I'm sure he'd have been well pleased I'm here to tell you today, sometimes old Satan says you're wasting your time. Sometimes old Satan says you're not doing any good. I'm here to tell you today, the Bible said, Blessed is he that going forth, burying, uh, sowing precious seed, for he shall doubtless come again rejoicing, burying his sheaves with him. I believe the Bible said that the word of God would not go out void. I know we're about to harvest at Dutch Bottoms. How many times have I mentioned the parable of the seed sower and the stony ground? And you all have been removing the stones slowly, one at a time. Talking to your sinner people. Telling them how good God is. Telling them how blessed that you are and how good God's been to you. Telling them about what's going on at the church. Every good thing you tell them about the Lord is rolling one of those little stones away. It's making the ground good, and we're about to see new life spread forth. I believe. It. I believe the Lord wants to save here at Dutch Bottoms. But you know what it takes to remove those stones. I can't do it from here. My arms aren't long enough. I can't just kick. I've got to get down there where the stones are at. I've got to get down on my knees and humble myself. And if I'll do that, and I'll crawl off to my secret place... And I'll talk to the Lord and let Him talk to me. I'm telling you today. Now what's the scripture say that I read in your hearing tonight? Go when you close it. Don't close it. Shut the door. And when you pray in secret, he that seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. about to witness what you've been praying about in secret. If you've not been praying, then we'll witness that too. But if you've been praying in secret and you've been begging God, God is going to reward you. Remember Solomon's reward? Remember Abraham's reward? Now the Bible says God is no respecter of person. If he would reward those men who prayed in secret, he'll reward you too. It's time we find our secret place. The revival is less than two weeks away. We need to be getting in a shape where we're already revived and we're waiting on the preachers to see our people saved. I'd like to already be having a revival when they get here, wouldn't you? Alright, that's the message tonight, my secret place.